Welcome to episode 11 of The Process, Triumph Over Trauma. Episode 11 of the process. I am Quaquan Taylor. Now I'm Monte Martin. Uh, today we have Shawana Dennis on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Shawana. Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, can you tell the people a little bit uh, about where you're from? Yes, I'm from Okeechobee, Florida. What was it like growing up in Okeechobee? Oh, it was great. It was the country. We'd climb trees, pick berries, go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> you down there by the uh by the lake by the uh, lake Okeechobee yes sir so what, uh, what were some struggles uh growing up in Okeechobee growing up in Okeechobee um I would say the only struggle um even being in the era that I came up in was um racist because being in Okeechobee is predominantly white and sad to say we still have that today to deal with um other than that, um my struggle was um my father not being there so i lashed out a lot with fighting in school getting expelled from school and then i turned to relationships and growing up too fast yeah growing up too fast i see that a lot um when, you know, fatherless children, you know, I was fatherless child sometimes. Even as a man, as a boy, you have to grow up and be the man of the house. And, you know, how did you navigate through that situation, uh, you know, growing up without your father? Well, I wouldn't say that I grew up without him. He was in and out because he was a function. He was an addict, but he was a functioning addict. He made sure that that our family, we all, we had anything that we wanted but he was on drugs and so when he was in the streets or he was locked up that's when i would take it hard and be disobedient and rebellious because i didn't have a father figure um when you say that the man you know usually the son takes the daddy's role i have two brothers with my father being gone um my oldest brother he 
he went off to the military so he was never there so I didn't even have my brothers because one went to the military and one went to to the Marines. So it just left me and my sister. So it was kind of hard. So, uh, you know, growing up, and your brother, one went to the military and you're just you and, you and your sister, correct? Yes, just me and my sister and my mom. So what was what was the, what was the day in the life of uh, Miss Shawana in Okeechobee? <laughs> The day in the life of me in Okeechobee, well, one, one thing I could say, um, my mom, she worked a lot. And being that she worked a lot, that gave me and my sister too much time on our hands. So it kind of forced us to grow up too fast, like I said before. Um, and then not only that, my mom, she had a mom, but my grandmother died. I never met my grandmother, but she was an alcoholic. And a lot of things that I wish my grandmother would have installed in my mother so she could have in turn installed in me was not there. Um, unfortunately, I had to learn a lot of things of being a woman the hard way. And when I say the hard way, meaning um, being that my father was not home or there for me, I, in turn, got into a relationship um, with an older guy. And I guess that came, too, from me having daddy issues. And um, being involved with this older guy, it just, it put me in a spot. I never disrespected my mom, but I always had resentment towards my mom because she didn't teach me how to be, you know, a lady or just installed things in me that a woman should know. So, like I said, I had to find out things the hard way. Um, being involved with the guy at the age of um, 12, 13, he was like 25, way much older than me. Um, he was very abusive. And that came, I see that as um, like a generational curse because going back to me saying that my father was on drugs he was also abusive to my mom so when I got into the relationship with this guy being that I had my daddy issues um a lot of things that my mom went through I repeated with the guy you know he used to beat me and I used to think okay because he's beating me he loves me you know my, my mom never left my dad because he used to beat her so I'm thinking you know all oh, this is how it's supposed to be so time went on um I had a baby at a very young age as well. Um, and behind, after all the abuse, you know, then I wanted to fight back. And when I started fighting back, um, as a result of me fighting him back, um, we were fighting and I stabbed him and he died. Well, I went to prison. I was sentenced to prison for that. And at the time, my daddy was not in my life. Um, my mom was very hurt. I didn't understand exactly what was going on because at this point, I'm 15. Um, I stabbed him. He died. I go to prison for 22 years. Well, I get sentenced 22 years. I did 16 years. You know, and then, you know, as again, I, this still is not registering what's going on, you know, with me. I just know that I took someone life, someone's life and I have to go to prison. Not thinking that I would do so much time, but I did. But um, 
what I can say, being in prison all that time, I was basically raised by the system. And I learned a lot of things as a woman in prison that my mom wasn't able to teach me. So it's, it was kind of like a bittersweet situation. Wow, that's a lot to have to deal with at a young age. Um, so just going back to your situation with uh, your boyfriend at the time, you know, how did you handle that during the moment, you know, before trial and, you know, handling that abuse? Um, the reason I ask is what, and I also want to ask, kind of like a follow-up question, what would you recommend to young women who are going through similar situations? Well, what I will recommend to, to young women going through the same situation, I'm going to be honest with you. You can tell a woman all day long, he's no good for you or you need to leave him alone. If a woman has gotten so deep with a guy, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to leave that guy alone. It's going to take for something very, unfortunately, it would take for something very drastic for them to just be like, okay, I'm done. Um... And I won't lie, I, I still find myself repeating some of the same mistakes that I repeat that I did back then. Um, so what my my advice, <laughs> I just take it way back. My advice, I say save sex until you get married. Don't even get involved. And, and how, how did you handle those, um, I guess at that point where you, where you were basically up and you know the incident happened how did you handle that grief of me knowing that you don't know, have 15 years old you have to take your life but at the end of the day you were kind of your back was up against the wall well i wouldn't say that i was fed up it just happened you know um one day we were fighting you know and it happened i didn't mean to do it to where mm -hmm. okay up and I'm, I want to get rid of him. No, it wasn't like that. It was a mistake. I actually did not mean to take someone's life. You know, I was just at that day. But unfortunately, Florida at the time did not have a self-defense law. So I had to, you know, do what the system had out for me. Um, How did I handle it? To be honest with you, I was so young. I think I was in prison five years before everything registered to me. That's just how much of a shock that I was in. Um, and it was very hard for me to adjust. It just being so young and having, you know, that much time on your hands and then you're young and they they put you in prison with older women and the older women want to take advantage of you. It's, I went through so much. I cried every day. So, Shawana, you talked about saving sex and be married. What's your reason behind that? Well, I would say knowing that I, what I know now, now that I am a woman, um, I see things clearly from trial and error. Um, you know, for one, the Bible speaks of saving yourself and making yourself secret for your husband. And a lot of people, they have overlooked that for years and I feel like you know bring back the old-fashioned way you know you should be saving yourself for your husband that's just the right thing to do and like when you open the door and you start having sex with multiple people or you share yourself with someone that's not your husband number one is sin and number two you're opening yourself up to all kind of emotions um everything that's 
when you're sleeping with someone, you're bringing that that's that that person's soul along with whomever else that they've been with inside of you. And so now you are confused. You're everything is just rolling inside of you, and then you become other world. And when you become other world, you, you go. How was it? Your first your first month in prison, being a 15 year old, just got sentenced to 21 years in prison. How was your first week in prison? Like, what was the morning schedule like? Did you wake up and head count? Like, how did that go? To be honest with you, I don't think I slept because I was scared. I, I slept probably with one eye open because everything was so new to me. You know, I'm trying to watch my surroundings. I've heard stories, so I really didn't sleep good. But like I said, I did cry every day. I, I called home every day because I cried. Um, they tormented me, to be honest with you, because I'm very self-conscious about my feet. I've always had big feet. And so, and, and mind you, I'm in with the juveniles at this point, and they're picking at me about my feet. Like, you know, children can be really mean. <laughs> I can laugh at it now, but... Um, I cried because they picked on me. They stole my, my canteen things I had. And it was just, I had to toughen up, you know, at that point, you know, when you first go in, they test you to see. And, and at that point, that's when you're going to determine how you're going to do your time. Either you, it's like fight or flight. Either you're going to fight or you just going to let them take over you and or whatever. But I, um... I cried, but it took me a while, but I got it right. <laughs> what was, what would be, what is something you would tell the younger Shawana today? With everything you know now, what is something that you think you could tell her to help her become a better person in life? Um, I would say, you know, stay in school, listen to your parents. No matter, no matter what your parents' lifestyle is, they still your parents. Still listen to them. Well, you say you served uh, 16 years of your 22 years sentence. Um, how was life once uh, you got out? You know what I mean? How was reacclimated to you know, everyday life? I had my ups and my downs. It was hard for me to adjust at first, but because I had a supportive family, um, they didn't give up on me. It made our relationship strain because, like I said, I went to prison when I was 15. I came home around 31. So I had a institutionalized mind, so to speak. And I was very argumentative and combative um, when it came to certain situations with my family. So it will put a strain on some of our relationships. But like I said, because of their support and their love, they never gave up on me. Um, it was hard for me to learn the simple things as even turning on a microwave or using a cell phone. But, you know, <laughs> it's just, I guess, day by day, you know, I was learning things and everything was just new to me. But eventually, you know, I got myself back into the group of things. When you were uh, incarcerated, and, you know, you came to some conclusions about your father and your family. Um, did you ever have a, a moment to speak to your, your mom or your sister and siblings about the things that you were going on in your head? Yeah, actually, um, in the beginning, um, when my mom came to visit me and she asked me, you know, why didn't you leave him alone? And I told her my words to her was, well, you never left daddy alone. And 
she couldn't say anything in defense of that. Do you think you, you ever got some healing from that situation? No, I think it's just been suppressed. 16 years, and you say, you know, being reacclimated to society and, you know, I guess going to church and, you know, finding yourself in church. And, like, how? That's, that's 16 years of your life. That's, you spent more time in prison than you were out. Exactly. I can say, though, I can pride myself. Like, I have a, a 750 credit score. Like, I'm, like, I'm so proud of myself. Like, that credit score thing has really got me so excited. You know, I'm, I I work, I started working on my credit. You know, I, I just thought about things of what can make me get ahead, being that I had a, a late start on life. And I know I'm not financially stable as most people my age because I, like I said, got a late start in life. So I always thought about, okay, well, what can I do to try to put myself ahead of the game? So I maintain, like, you know, being that I have a, a murder conviction, it's not like I can go and get a, a job that pays me $15, $17 an hour. So I have to settle for, you know, jobs that I can get. And they're kind of like, you know, low budget jobs. But I make it work. And, you know, I told myself I'm done working fast food. I, I feel like you really got to, like they say, set your standards you know, for what you want to do. You know, you don't have to just settle because they tell you, oh, you're a convicted felon. This, these are the only jobs you can work. No. I went to school for massage therapy. Um, I said I would never work fast food again. So I've been working other customer service jobs, retail jobs. And, you know, and I'm, I've been able to make a living of my, you know, I bought me a 2017 car. I have my own apartment. I have good credit. Um, I became a, a, a independent consultant. You know, I feel like now I feel like I'm a part of society, I guess, <laughs> so to speak. So, Shawana, you went to prison when you were 15 years old. You said you had been dealing with this dude when you were two, two, two years. I mean, you had to be 12, 13 years old. You went to prison for murder. You know, I want to know how was it? What was the worst experience you faced being in prison at a young age? Well, um, this is something that I used to be ashamed of, but um, I think after I went through my scars and um, everything and I dealt with it, I'm able to talk about this. The worst experience that I had um, going to prison, it actually started from the beginning when I was in the county jail. Um, I was young. The officers used to come to my cell and they would ask me to, you know, pull my clothes up, show them this or show them that, and some would even have sex with me. Um, and at that point, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like I have to do this because I'm locked up. They're the officer, you know, and they're, they're they. I got to do what they got what they tell me to do. Um, then I go to prison, and the same thing. We have officers that have relationships with inmates. But at this point, it's like, I'm thinking about it. I'm older now. I know that I don't have to do it. So it's like, I, I have this, this hatred inside of me for myself, for the system. Cause now I feel like I'm being used and abused. And 
I'm dealing with, I'm, I, I was just dealing with a lot of emotions and it's like, I had to come up out of that. Like, Shawana, you don't have to be involved with the officer just because you're in prison. And I would say that that was the worst thing I dealt with while I was in prison. I want to get, I want, I want to know what would you tell a younger, a younger person that's going through the same thing that you're going through, uh, going to prison and having a child at the same, at the same time and having to overcome all those obstacles. To be honest with you, um, my motto that I learned during my time is one day at a time. You know, um, I used to think that I was in a situation that I couldn't handle because I was young until I realized that I had to do everything one day at a time. I, I truly, truly learned the meaning of one day at a time. Um, and as far as, you know, having a baby at a young age and getting in that situation, you know, you never know what a person is going through. So it's very important to listen. You know, you, you really got to listen to a person when they're crying out for help. What programs or initiatives do you think will be beneficial um, for women or, or young ladies that have been through similar situations as yourself? I life skills. I say life skills because you're in the system and you're, you're gone so long. And then person that has never even experienced life. Um, I think it should be a program to where you can teach a woman life skills. You know, um, I always wondered, like, um, I never had a job. I, like I said, I never had my own place. I never had anything. And, and it was like, okay, you're gonna throw me out here in this world where I never even got a chance to be a teenager or So I needed life skills. And that's what I was like. I appreciate your transparency and you know, your willingness to share your story with us. What would you, what advice would you give, you know, someone who feels, someone who's grown up in a similar situation as you and may feel pressured to do certain things uh, against their will or against their better judgment? Um. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to speak up. Don't don't be afraid to say no, because you are just as important as the next person. Don't be afraid to say no, and don't be don't let no one pressure you. You don't have to do nothing you don't want to do. So, like, what type of like support mechanisms, like uh, maybe people or different resources you think could reach out to, or just. Anything that you think could have helped um, while you were doing your time? Well, to be honest with you, um, when you say what type of support, I can honestly say I had support of my my family. Like they would visit me, send me money. And then on top of that, I took advantage of education. I got my high school diploma while I was there, along with some vocational trades. So it really wasn't nothing that I was lacking when it came to support um when i did not have my ged um i did meet this lady and she became my transportation specialist she made me realize that i had been in prison 10 years and i didn't have a ged and i was taking a vocational course and she was like 
you taking a vocational course, she was like, what are you supposed to do with a vocational certificate without a GED to back it up? And that made sense to me, it kind of clicked. And I was like, you know what, you're right. And she was like, you know, I'm going to take you out of that class. I'm a, you're going to get your GED before you get off my caseload. Well, she pushed me. I got my GED. But because she pushed me, that's what made me get my GED. Because had not I had met her, I think I would have probably came home without a GED. But this lady, I can truly say she she took time with me. She was a classification specialist. And they're not supposed to get as personal with us. She got personal with me. And when she got personal with me, she taught me about values, standards, and a little bit about life. But that was only because she took a liking to me. But you have to realize it's over 800 inmates on a compound. You can't be like that with every inmate um, to take time out with every inmate. But um, it was like God sent me an angel, I guess, because right now today, her and I are still friends that we talk every morning. Um, so that that little support from her I feel like got me a long ways, but it's kind of hard to do that for every young female that would need that in prison because you're not supposed to develop a friendship or a personal relationship with the inmate. That's what the state says. <laughs> what is one of your most memorable moments? One of your most memorable moments going through your process of being incarcerated. What was one of your most memorable moments that you can say? It's something that was good, a good, a good, a good part about it, being incarcerated. I know it's some memorable things, and I've been incarcerated too. You know, it's bad. It's a bad situation, but we learn to make do and do. And sometimes there are some bright spots. What is one of the biggest, the bright, biggest, and brightest spots you can in incarcerated? Again, I think I, it would be accomplishing my high school diploma. Um, that sticks out with me because I'll never forget. Um, we just had a hurricane and we were waiting for test results and I was eager to learn if I passed or not. And it was very important for me to pass because everyone in my, my family has a high school diploma. So I knew that, you know, okay, I gotta get this, I gotta get this. And I was excited and I got my high school diploma. I, I think that was like my proudest and happiest moment being incarcerated. Who is, who is Shawana Dennis today? Well, I'm an independent bedroom candy consultant. Um, I am a woman of God. I am just, I don't know, I'm an amazing person today. I am. Um, I got rid of a lot of, I had a lot of bitterness in me, but again, one day at a time, I let all that go. I, I'm a, I'm, I can't believe I'm living. <laughs> You're definitely blessed. So what's your current relationship, you know, with your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers? Well, well, unfortunately, um, like I said, um, I'll speak on my son. I had my son at a very young age. My parents raised my son. And when I came home, my son was in prison. So here it is, I'm thinking I'm gonna reunite with my son. But when I came home, he was locked up. I left my baby, he was two years old. Um, when he came home from prison, I was in a relationship and 
because I was in a relationship, he felt like I shouldn't be in a relationship. I should be with him. But here it is now. You're 20 years old. And he he's lost to the streets. So he went back in the streets. And eventually he got locked back up, which he's at this present time, he's incarcerated again. So it's kind of like a generational curse, but his and our relationship is not good at all. Um, he has a lot of anger inside of him. And at first, to be honest with you, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to get my life right after coming home. Like, you know, I cannot let him hold me back to be like, okay, you're gonna blame it on me because I wasn't there all your life. You're a grown man now because my mom then raised him where he was spoiled. He had everything he wanted. He didn't even have to be in the streets. So he feels as though I should just do everything for him. I should just give him everything when I, I'm, I'm just like, no, you're, you're grown. You have to do what you have to do as a man for yourself. Well, you know, after doing some thinking, you know, and I see that, you know, he keeps going back to prison. I feel like he needs his mother's love. So this time around, when my son comes home, I'm gonna try to develop a relationship with him because he hasn't had a father, he hasn't had a mother. And you know, you know, grandparents can raise you, but it's nothing like your mother's love. And now he's 24 years old, he still needs his mother's love. So I hope to work on that relationship when he comes home. And as far as the relationship with my mom and dad, my dad, me and my dad, we, we've always, you know, got along. I've always been his baby. No problem there. And it's in the same with my mom, but, you know, we have our ups, we have our downs, but we're family. Going through trial at a young age, uh, I want to go back to that time. I know there's a lot going on in your mind, man. What is something that stuck out to you the most? Um, Something that stuck out to me the most, like, I said, you know, coming from Okeechobee is predominantly white. So my jury was all white. Um, and I didn't understand, like, you know, I just did not understand, like, how could y'all just put me on trial? I'm only 15 years old. This guy's 25 years old. And he was beating me. You have records of him beating me. Like, what was there more to question about that? That you want to, you know, put me on trial for this? Um, then another thing that sucks, sticks out to me, like the whole time that I was involved with him, you know, it was always other women and, you know, we thought about that. But one thing in particular, um, he always told me that he wasn't married, but going through trial, um, it was a woman that was always showing up and coming to find out he was still legally married to her, but he told me that he wasn't married to her. So here it is. He's a married married man. So um that sticks out the most to me. And then, you know, it's just I still, you know, that I, I realized that, but it's everything still, like I said, did not register to me until after everything was done and said. So would would you do you have any advice? For any young ladies or anyone who has been incarcerated on how to heal? To be honest with you, I'm still trying to heal. 
Um, the healing process, I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think it's, it's ever over because you have scars. Being incarcerated so long and going through the things, um, the healing process is very long. So to be honest with you, um, I would just say find a church, find a relationship with God, pray, condition. It's, and another thing too, conditioning your mind. You have to condition your mind to positive things. And that's very important in focus. You have to always keep your focus on what's in front of you and what it, what it is that you're trying to achieve. That's my advice. So Shawana, any last words you would like to leave with the, with the listeners? My last words that I would like to leave with your listeners. Um, no matter how big your storm is, just always remember that God has the last say. So, um, going through your storm, you know, you may, you know, fall, crumble, break. It's going to be some tough times, but like the saying goes, tough times don't last, but tough people do. And I'm a witness to that. This concludes episode 11 of The Process. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and to like us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thank you. They're chanting, trust the process. (laughs) Trust the process. Trust the process. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I, and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. Being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through and not to only broadcast these things, but